It's Friday, February the 7th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, China cuts tariffs and Twitter's shares surge. First, the world in brief. Stock markets around the world rallied after China's finance ministry said it would halve tariffs on more than 1,700 American goods. The move is China's first effort to implement a phase one trade deal agreed with America last month and could soften the economic damage caused by the coronavirus epidemic. A Chinese doctor who raised an early alarm about the coronavirus died. Li Wenliang was a 34-year-old ophthalmologist working in Wuhan where he was stricken by the virus in January. When he had tried to warn colleagues about a SARS-like infection, police reprimanded him. Now that the disease has claimed his life, social media users are hailing him as a tragic hero. Fiat Chrysler warned that one of its European plants will be forced to halt production in a matter of weeks because it is struggling to obtain parts from Chinese suppliers whose factories are closed due to the Wuhan coronavirus outbreak. Hyundai and Kia, two South Korean car makers, have also said they were closing production lines due to a shortage of Chinese-made components. Twitter's share price surged by 15% after the social media firm reported that in the fourth quarter of 2019, its revenues surpassed $1 billion for the first time. The increase was attributed to growth in the number of active users, but those users cost money, with expenditure rising by 22% year-on-year, net profit for the quarter fell by 12% to $119 million. Pete Buttigieg won the Iowa caucuses by a whisker, beating Bernie Sanders by just 0.1%. Elizabeth Warren finished third, with Joe Biden trailing in fourth. The final result was announced more than three days after Monday's contest due to technical glitches. The Iowa Democratic Party said it would conduct an audit if one of the candidates requested it. America's Attorney General William Barr suggested that America and its allies should buy stakes in Nokia and Ericsson, two Nordic makers of telecoms equipment. The Trump administration wants to limit the power of Huawei, a Chinese company that dominates 5G technology. No American firms are in a position to compete with Huawei, the Europeans are. Scotland's finance secretary resigned hours before he was due to present the budget after allegations that he had sent myriad messages on social media to a 16-year-old boy. Derek Mackay of the Scottish National Party, who had been tipped to succeed Nicola Sturgeon as First Minister, said he had behaved foolishly. The public finance minister, Kate Forbes, presented the budget in his stead. And the Premier of the East German state of Thuringia quit amid national outrage. Thomas Kemmerich of the Liberal Free Democrats was elected on Wednesday with the support of the far-right alternative for Germany, AFD. It was the first time that the AFD, usually shunned by Germany's traditional parties, had propped up a state government. Mr Kemmerich will seek new elections. And now, here's today's agenda. The show must go on, the New Hampshire debate. The Democratic presidential candidates will debate each other in New Hampshire today, ahead of the party's primary contest there on Tuesday. Bernie Sanders, a socialist senator from neighbouring Vermont, is expected to do well in the state, which he won in 2016. One big question is whether Pete Buttigieg, a moderate who appears to have pipped Mr Sanders in Iowa on Monday, is able to build on that surprise success. If Mr Buttigieg performs well in New Hampshire, it is likely to be at the expense of Joe Biden, a fellow moderate who came a distant fourth in Iowa. 
A second bad showing could threaten his frontrunner status. One thing seems certain. New Hampshire will avoid the chaos that hit Iowa when a glitch with an app combined with a complicated caucus system held up results for days. New Hampshire uses a traditional system with booths, paper ballots and secret voting. No longer a surprise, America's jobs report. When the Bureau of Labor Statistics used to release its monthly update about America's labor market, traders across the world would drop everything to respond, but no more. Today's non-farm payroll numbers are likely to provide more evidence that the longest economic expansion in America's history presses on. Yet what is more striking is how the data, once considered the most important statistical release in the world, now generates such little excitement. In 2004, five-year Treasury yields moved by an average of 0.17 percentage points on a jobs report day. Last year, it was less than 0.04. Strong employment growth used to be a good sign that inflation was on the way, which would prompt the Federal Reserve to raise rates. But since the financial crisis, the inflationary pressure caused by low unemployment has been non-existent. The Fed now waits for inflation to materialize before changing policy. Ourselves Alone, Ireland's Election Ireland votes tomorrow in what could be a dramatic general election. Polls suggest that Leo Varadkar, the Taoiseach or Prime Minister, and his Fianna Gael party could fall from first to third place in terms of votes. The party had hoped it would be rewarded for its deft handling of Brexit. But after ten years marked by austerity and deteriorating public services, voters' ire has put Fianna Gael on the back foot, together with its main rival historically Fianna Fáil. Several polls put Sinn Féin, a left-wing party which was formerly the political arm of the Irish Republican Army, a terrorist group, first in terms of votes. Sinn Féin is unlikely to enter government, though. Fianna Fáil's leader, Michael Martin, has ruled out a coalition. So has Fianna Gael. Mr Martin may be forced to seek an awkward confidence and supply arrangement with Fianna Gael, just as Fianna Gael did with Fianna Fáil four years ago. Capital Offensive, Elections in Delhi North India's biggest city, home to about 20 million people, votes on Saturday. Delhi will have the whole country's attention. The incumbent Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal and his maverick Aam Admi party have earned admiration for improvements in the city's primary schools, clinics and power supply. Prime Minister Narendra Modi's Hindu-first Bharatiya Janata party, dominant at the federal level, wants to frame the local election in nationalist terms. They have hurled abuse at those who have protested against a new citizenship law that excludes Muslims and against a registration scheme that could render millions of Indians stateless. BJP leaders have called the protesters rapists or Pakistanis, encouraging cries of shoot the bastards, and Mr Kedrawal a terrorist. Mr Kedrawal has refused to be provoked. If re-elected, he says, combating pollution will become his government's next priority, and he promises to promote cleanliness. Gathered here together, mass weddings in South Korea. Today, thousands of couples from all over the world will affirm their wedding vows at a blessing ceremony organised by the Unification Church in South Korea. The event is intended to celebrate the 100th birthday and 60th wedding anniversary of its late founder, the Reverend Moon Sun Myung, who died in 2012. Such ceremonies have long been a hallmark of the Unification Church, which demands strict loyalty from its members and discourages them from marrying outside the organisation. Critics say it is a dangerous, money-guzzling cult. 
Reverend Moon used to match followers at random, teaching that romantic love causes promiscuity and social dysfunction. Often, couples did not even share a common language. These days, people are more likely to have met before having their union blessed by the church. That would have disappointed the founder, but it may make for happier followers in the long run. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Anne Radcliffe, who passed away on this day in 1823. A well-informed mind is the best security against the contagion of folly and vice. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.